Thank you for tuning in to the second half of Season 1 of Husky Talk. Today we are with the 2018 Most Improved Musher, Matthew Failer. Hello, Matthew. Hello, good morning. Congratulations on your Most Improved Award this year. Thank you. Okay, so first of all, are you having a good time in Hawaii? <laughs> I'm having a fantastic time. Yes, I'm staring at the ocean as I speak to you. Oh. To let our listeners know, the Most Improved Musher Award goes to the musher that has improved his or her finish by the most places. Matthew earned this award this year. This year, can you tell us how many places you've improved this year? Um, I think our team improved forty-six positions. I oh. I think that's correct. That's yeah, a lot. that's correct. <laughs> um, okay. So, how do you feel about getting the most improved award? Um, well, I feel really full. Um, it just brings a lot of joy to, um, you know, um, my life. I guess it just shows that hard work is something that pays off in the end when you really try and put yourself out there and put in the time. Um, the dogs, I think, feel the same way because they were the ones, they literally were the same dogs that finished in 50-some place last year and then... 13th place this year. You know, I have to think about it now. So I think that they, they, and they saw the finish line at the end of the day faster, so I know they felt that same, that same proud feeling. Okay. Can you describe to us your overall experience throughout the Iditarod this year? Um, overall, it was, it was probably the best, the best experience I've had to date as far as racing and the Iditarod. It's just, I was able to handle, I think, all the challenges. The dogs were able to handle all the challenges. Um, I think in years prior, I might have been too tired or too cold. I think I just learned how to deal with things that that are thrown at you during the race. And so, I mean, experience is a very important thing, and, and you can't get experience until you just subject yourself to the race. So you have to try. You have to, like, stand up and swing the bat, so they, as they say. Um, so I was just excited about how we approached and handled all the all the uh, hardships along the way. Okay, so what do you think that you did in your training that helped you improve so much? Um, I guess... I guess maybe my mindset, you know, the mental approach, just trying to be very calm and take it one run at a time, not thinking about the next run. And you know how dogs live in the moment? They, they're always kind of right there, uh, wagging their tail, looking right at you, not really thinking of tomorrow. So trying to just take it all as it comes. And, um, I mean, I did a lot of, as you know, it could be an eight-day event, a nine-day event, a ten-day event, or for some people, eleven or twelve days. That's a long time. Um, so you just kind of have to take it as it comes and learn how to be patient. Okay. So, how was the Iditarod different this year from last year? Well, I guess the simplest answer would be um, since I was taking the same exact dogs, I knew that they would be one year older and thus one year more. They would have one year more under their belt um so in theory we could do more because they they understand what 
the task at hand is. So, you know, like when when you and your your uh, friends graduate from that class that you're in there, and, and you go up to the next grade, you'll you'll learn more. You'll you'll understand kind of what to do as far as studying for tests and things like that. So, in the simplest of terms, I knew that we could just handle more. The dogs could do more, and um, they had learned a lot from the previous year, so they're older and more experienced. Yeah, so what was your biggest challenge in the year, in, this year in the Iditarod? Hmm, let's see here. The biggest challenge during the Iditarod, one of them was, I mean, there's lots of challenges, and I guess for whatever reason, this one just popped into my mind. When I was going from, when we were going from um, Roan to Nikolai, which is a very long stretch. I think it's around 70 miles. I'd have to look back or you'll have to look back to double check. But Roan to Nikolai is a long run. And I was going to stop about 50 miles past Roan. There is a place called Salmon River Fish Camp. And, um, Sometimes you can get water under the ice there. There's a little river, and if you chop, take your axe out and chop through the ice, you could potentially get water, which will save time for the dogs because you don't have to then boil snow. So we were supposed to stop there, but it was snowing, and there was a lot of overflow, and there was just kind of slushy spots of the trail, and so basically the trail was really slow, and we weren't, we weren't going the speed we wanted to go in order to make it to that camping spot. And up to that point, everything was going correctly. Like, everything was perfect. And that was the first run where we weren't meet, meeting our um, desired speed and everything. So once I realized we weren't going to make it to that point, I had to kind of change everything and become a good racer and change the plan. So we stopped We stopped before that, made the decision to stop before that because I didn't want the dogs to run further than, than I wanted them to run. And so from there on out, my whole race plan just changed. You know, you had to kind of then calculate the temperature and time of day and how the dogs are looking and how they're feeling. So um, I was supposed to then go through Nikolai and not stop at Nikolai, but the snow and the warm weather and the water on the trail was still still there. So I stopped at Nikolai again and kind of regathered. And, um, just changing the race plan that was a huge challenge, being able to adapt and change, you know, and still move on. Yeah. So one was one of your goals to finish in the top 15? You know, um, I, I, guess, I guess it wasn't necessarily a goal to finish in the top 15. Um, I thought it was possible. I just, I did realize it's so hard to finish in the top 10 or the top 15 or the top 20 or even the top 30. I thought what was more, like, realistic was finishing in under 10 and a half days and I would just let the dog's health and stamina dictate kind of where the where the placements were at that point. So I knew they could I knew they could do under 10 and a half days, somewhere between 9 and a half and 10 and a half days. If that meant 5th place, that would be fantastic. If that meant 25th place, that would be fantastic. So just kind of had to let it go. Alright. Are you planning on doing the I Did Around next year? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so what do you think that you will do next year that will help you improve even more? Um, well, 
next year's the southern route, so it's going to be pretty identical. You know, the trail will change a little bit depending on certain sections, but it's, it's basically going to be the same route. Um, so I'll study, I'll study the mileages now that I have accurate mileages. I'll study um, the different shelter cabins that are available, and I'll be able to kind of, you know, adapt. Um, the, if, if something has to change on the trail, I'll understand maybe where to go. It's all just about being efficient. If you can, if you can stay ahead of the game and keep your speed up and give them the perfect amount of rest, then you know you're going to do just fine. So I'm going to study the trail because it's going to be the same trail. I'm also going to be building a new sled. Um, I, I I make all my own sleds, um, and I, I've uh, crashed one right before the race. I, I ran into a huge rock, and it literally, I would say, it totaled the whole sled. So either I'm a horrible sled builder, or, or we had an amazing crash. <laughs> so I need to build a new sled, one that's lighter and faster and stronger. Um, I think it's important to make your own because it just it makes it makes it more uh, enjoyable, you know. I'm the one that handcrafted the dogs and built the sled and made the race schedule and you do it all together. So I'll have to build a new sled and study the trail, I think. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. It's lightning round time. We have some quick questions to for you to answer as fast as you can. Ready? Okay. okay. Walmart or Target? Walmart. <laughs> Taylor Swift or Katy Perry? Who, who was the first one? Taylor Swift. Oh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram or Snapchat? Who, who, who was the first one again? Instagram. Instagram. Oh, Instagram. Starbucks or Atomic? I don't know what the second one was. So I gotta go <laughs> Starbucks. Ohio or Alaska? Oh, wow. You're hurting me there. Um, <laughs> I got to go with Ohio. I love Alaska, but that's my roots. Coffee or tea? Um, tea. Burgers or seafood? Burgers, most definitely. Buckeyes or Reds? <laughs> oh, H. Buckeyes. Okay. Okay, so the last part of the show is the... 2018 Mushroom Mount Rushmore. For the second half of our season, we are creating a 2018 Mount Rushmore. If you were asked to replace the four presidents on the faces of president faces on the Mount Rushmore to the faces of people that made a huge impact on the Iditarod this year, who would you choose? You can choose mushers, volunteers, dogs, or anything really. So it would be from this year. Yeah. Okay, from this year, that's a great question. I really like that question from the last time because it really makes you think. So there's so many people that, that are involved in the race. And if we're just picking from this year, um, well, we got to throw the, the, the new champion up there. So Mr. Your Life Seth Olsen, he would he'd get his face chiseled into that mountain. Um, yeah. <clears throat> let me think here. Um Goodness gracious. Uh, we would probably have to put um, maybe a conglomeration of all the veterinarians' faces. Yeah. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. Stu Nelson, you know, because he embodies all the vets. So we'll throw Stu Nelson's face up there. 
Um, and then probably uh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put um, my my lead dog's face on that one because he's just so good. He deserves his name is Heisman. Many lead dogs, but Heisman. And then my buddy uh, Martin Boozer. I'm gonna put him up there because he he taught me pretty much everything I know aside from Matt Hashida and some other people. But we we'll put Martin Heisman. Stu Nelson and uh, your Olson. That's a pretty good group. Yeah. That's all we have for you today, Matthew. Thank you so much for being on our show again. I loved it. Thanks mm-hmm. for having me. Yep. <laughs>